cassettes and welcome back to another episode of the Black Case Diaries. Yay! Hello. All right. Well, welcome back, cassettes. This week we're continuing on with our animation series. I know. Ah. We, we called it Animation April. This episode's going to be released in May. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? That's fine. It's our podcast. We make the rules. Exactly. Yeah. We, we do what we want. I mean, it feels like all the months are the same month anyway right now, so it doesn't matter. I agree. That's, you know, That is it's, true. Yeah. We've yeah. Uh, talked about the history of animation. We've talked about Leica. We've talked about stop motion. Today, we wrap up the series with an episode about a studio that has been enchanting audiences with breathtaking visuals and rich stories for the past 35 years. Studio Ghibli. Yay. Hooray. As other studios, <coughs> Disney, <coughs> have almost completely <laughs> abandoned 2D animated feature films, Studio Ghibli has been incorporating new advancements in animation while staying true to their traditional hand-drawn style. The films aren't all shiny, happy tales with clear villains and heroes, but instead hold a beautiful realism next to complex and morally ambiguous characters. So join us as we take a look at the history of Studio Ghibli and highlight some of their films. All right. I think something to start off with is something that kind of comes up in discussions, even amongst us, right? The pronunciation of the studio. (laughs) Yes. Studio Ghibli is what we're going to go with, and here's why. Uh, One of the reasons for the name Studio Ghibli is that it was based on the Arabic name for Hot Sahara Wind. The creators wanted to have some new ideas to blow through the animation industry. (laughs) (laughs) Yuck, yuck. Smart. Yeah, it was a pretty clever, clever idea there. Yeah. But the second known reason for the name is that Hayao Miyazaki's father was an airplane engineer, which led to Hayao growing up, learning about airplanes and you know, falling in love with them. This is evident in a lot of movies, as you can see different versions of aircraft throughout all of the movies. Ghibli, with Harji, was the name of the Italian warplane that represented Hayao Miyazaki's love for planes and for the country of Italy. While the plane was pronounced with that Harji, Miyazaki changed the pronunciation, either by accident or on purpose, to fit the <laughs> studio. His pronunciation is more like gibbery with a Japanese accent. That's kind of what it sounds like to us. But yes. um, but we can't really say it. It sound you know, even me saying it just now sounded wrong and weird. But <laughs> yeah. the Englishized version is Ghibli. <laughs> While there is much back and forth about how to pronounce it, we believe no matter how you say it, you can appreciate the amazing work that they have done so far. For us, like I said, we will be pronouncing it with a soft G, like giraffe. Yeah. Yeah. Even though my whole life I've said Ghibli. <laughs> <laughs> Same here until this this Until episode. this very moment, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've I've always said Ghibli. Yeah. Um, I, but... I've heard it both ways, mm-hmm. so I just, I yeah. know that it's fine yeah. to call the, it either one. The community is very forgiving. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everybody really... really just embraces however you really want to say it. So Studio Ghibli was founded in Tokyo by Iseo Takata... Toshio Suzuki 
and a film producer that we have already talked about and many have probably heard of, Hayao Miyazaki. This June will actually be 35 years since Studio Ghibli was founded. Yay! That's congrats. That's birthday. The studio has become known for its stunning filmmaking and the work put into their art. The feature films themselves have garnered praise from the average watcher and critics alike. Their hit, Spirited Away, won the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature Film in 2003. Oh yeah, no surprises there. (laughs) Although Studio Ghibli was not founded until 1985, there was a film that Suzuki helped Miyazaki with, called Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. It was based on a popular manga strip created by Miyazaki himself. Since it was released a year earlier, many do not count it as one of the Studio Ghibli films. Their first official release was Castle in the Sky from 1986. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Love them both, though. (laughs) (laughs) The majority of the films were written and directed by Miyazaki. Some of these include My Neighbor Totoro, Kiki's Delivery Service, and Porco Rosso. Even though Kiki's Delivery Service was originally written by someone else, Miyazaki later rewrote the script. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Did not know that. He was just supposed to be a producer, I think, originally. Uh, And then he didn't like the script. (laughs) So he rewrote it. (laughs) And then he directed it. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder what it was. Yeah, I don't know. If you want something done right, you know. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And nobody questioned it either. Nope. Nope. Hayao Miyazaki draws thousands of frames by hand. He distrusts computers and says, We take handmade cell animation and digitize it in order to enrich the visual look. But everything starts with the human hand drawing. And the color standard is dictated by the background. We don't make up a color on the computer. Without creating those rigid standards, we'll just get be caught up in the whirlpool of computerization. Mm. Wow. Yeah. What an interesting so it, way to look at it. You know, it would be a lot easier to use computers for that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. in order to make it feel right, I guess, you got to right. stick to those rules. Maybe he he really likes to draw. And yeah. part of that, you know, that the part of making the movie that that's the experience for him is is that mm-hmm. thing that he loves to do. So then, you know, having everybody switch to computers to him probably feels like you know, oh, we're just changing it for the sake of the industry and because that's the way everything else is going. But really, I just love to make movies. <laughs> so I, I would yeah. rather just it's, make them. It's a part of his process. I mean, I'm sure mm-hmm. it also just helps him come up with the storyboard. and Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, it was tough because the audience was not quite there for it. Unlike now, anime was not popular in Japan, and so very few theaters would show these films. Over time, luckily, that has changed, as more people see the beauty and value in animation. Yeah, I'm so happy for that, because could you imagine if... I would be so upset if these movies never came to the United States. Oh. I mean... I, I guess with like computers and like fans translating or something, maybe eventually you could have watched it, but I'm glad that they ended up getting worldwide worldwide releases so that we can appreciate them, you know. It's taken the world a long time 
to come around on animation, mm-hmm. which is really strange to me. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Be- because animation has been around for so long, as we've talked about. We talked about the history and everything, and, and this is something that people have kind of been obsessed with for a long time. Yeah. It's so strange that in it's not just Japan. Like, we're talking specifically about Japan here, but in the United States, it's the same way. You know, think people, were they were losing all this animation. People <laughs> thought it yeah. was stupid, thought it was for kids. You know, it was this... Really, finally, people are appreciating it a lot more now than they did then, and at least probably in the last twenty years, it's a, you know it, it's really come a long way. And and even not only because of animation, but here in the West, anime style in general, you know, is even even fresher. I guess you oh, know yeah. the mm-hmm. it's still still coming around. You know, stuff like Pokemon for example, has helped with that, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but definitely some of the credit goes to Studio Ghibli in these movies because they they even get shown in theaters here, like when they come out now. Yeah. Sure, it's limited yeah. runs, but still, you know, fresh, fresh out of the box in Japanese, they get shown here because they've created such a great reputation for themselves that people even here want to see them. Unlike... Their American counterparts in animation, and even movies in general, Studio Ghibli is not afraid to give the films time and breaths. What I mean to say is that there are times in each film where the character sighs, is looking into the distance, or there is a lapse in action. This emptiness in Japanese is called ma. It is there, and it has a purpose. They are not afraid that the audience will become bored, they are more concerned with the emotions and ideas that are present. Oh yeah, this is this is something that happens a lot in just anime in general too. There there are times where they'll just freeze on a frame after something crazy has just happened, or um, <laughs> or before something crazy happens to give the audience time to think, as the characters yeah. might be thinking, right? just million and one things racing through their mind like oh my gosh what just happened or what's about to happen and it's not boring when when you get it right so it's it's really cool it really speaks to good storytelling if you know when to pause and to let the audience kind of absorb what you're saying or what they're seeing because if they don't get a chance to even have just a second of reflection you know, things are going to just pass them by and they're not really going to absorb what they're watching. Yeah. Absolutely. And one of the cool things that, that Studio Ghibli does, it a lot of times it, if it happens in, in American movies, it'll cut to black. But mm-hmm. but in these movies, it will just stay. I mean, just the idea that you can hold a frame and, you know, you don't have to constantly be making cuts mm-hmm. in, because... Every time you do make a cut, I mean, the audience doesn't, it doesn't really register. If there's so many, you know, yeah. we don't notice every time there's a cut. Right. But that's not how we see the world in, in real life. So it, it is, can be kind of overwhelming and daunting to a viewer. So it's, it's really nice to not have so many because then you can take breaths. Yeah. One idea that stretches across these movies is that there's no set villain. All the characters have their own motives and reasons for doing what they do. Yeah. It's kind of empty of our traditional villains, kind of blurs some lines there. Uh The closest one that I can think of 
is Pompoco. This one's about um, these little, I don't know, tanukis, I think is what they are. They're basically raccoon creatures, right? And they're oh, they're yeah. dealing with essentially deforestation, but at the same time having their own internal conflicts. So it's not like it's not like the deforestation is the the total villain because there are other not great things going on with them too. So even in something mm. as simple as oh, it's bad to cut down forests, they can they can still find a reason. Well, like yeah, they're doing it because you know they need houses for for people mm-hmm. or you know finding some reason yeah. to do it right so even then it's not right. a villain you know watching these i always felt like i'm always i was trying to find a villain yeah i think mm-hmm. the first few times i watched one i would think oh, i really hate this character <laughs> <laughs> i really i really don't like this and i you know don't i i want this to to, to stop yeah. i really you know and the other, the way the other characters interact with that character, makes me change my mind. In the mm-hmm. sense that they're, you know, they don't act like this is a villain. They're not afraid of this person, mm-hmm. or they're not angry at this person. Yeah, they're always forgiving. If that yeah. person's hurt, they carry mm-hmm. them. So in two thousand one, the Ghibli Museum opened in Mitaka, Japan, and was designed by Miyazaki, who created specific short films meant to be specifically within the museum. It also contains exhibits about animation. That is so cool. I want to go there. Oh yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, that'd be cool. That would be. I amazing. wonder if there's like a 3D tour online or something. Oh maybe. yeah, maybe. Maybe. Just, maybe. Yeah. So so far, they have released 22 movies, and in order, they are: Castle in the Sky, Grave of the Fireflies, My Neighbor Totoro, Kiki's Delivery Service, Only Yesterday. Porco Rosso, Palm Poco, Whisper of the Heart, Princess Mononoke, My Neighbors the Yamadas, Spirited Away, The Cat Returns, Howl's Moving Castle, Tales from Earthsea, Ponyo, Secret World of Arietti, From Up on Poppy Hill, The Wind Rises, The Tales of Princess Kaguya, When Marnie Was There, and then also a 1993 TV movie called Ocean Waves. All right. Oh boy. Whew, a lot of movies. A little winded there. I'm surprised we didn't watch all of them for this episode. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, man. In 1985, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind was released in America as Warriors of the Wind. It was badly edited, and Miyazaki refused to have his films be released in the West for quite some time. <laughs> yeah. I imagine the translation wasn't great either. So it wasn't until 1996 that a deal with Walt Disney Studios was reached where they could distribute Studio Ghibli's movies on the condition that no film editing would be done. Nice. I mean, obviously, you can't change perfection. Yeah. (laughs) Like, how fucking rude yeah you know i mean i just Seriously. i can't I, I can't get over how rude that is yeah to take yeah. someone's art yeah and... it's just like oh we can take we'll take your movie but only bits and pieces of it the bits and pieces that we deem acceptable yeah like <laughs> then don't take my movie <laughs> what <laughs> it's absolutely i mean man yeah. the gall yeah <laughs> It's, it, <laughs> I can't get over it. It reminds me of the original Godzilla movie when it came to the United States as King of the Monsters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was just bad. It's terrible. Yeah. 
Oof. <laughs> the year following this would be one of the movies to help launch the studio into an international brand. This movie was Princess Mononoke. This princess, however, had no relation to the Disney princesses. Mm-mm. We'll talk about that a little bit later. <laughs> no relation at all. Oh, but why not? <laughs> These films had an influence on a lot of animators over the years. For example, Brian Konetsko and Mike DiMartino took inspiration from Princess Mononoke for their little series we know as Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, heavily. I, we were watching Princess Mononoke, and it got, they showed the Nightwalker for the first yep. time. And I said, oh, what? <laughs> That's the <laughs> water spirit from Avatar. <laughs> yeah, and some of the other characters looked the same. Yeah. There was this husband character that looked a lot like um, Sokka slash Sokka's. Um, yeah. Uh, it looked like Sokka's actor from yes. the Amber Island oh, play. Right, yes. Right. That's what mm-hmm. he looks like. That's yeah. exactly who it looked like. Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, you could almost say that he's like it, just think of it as the actual actor. He's he's cameoing. Yeah. <laughs> in <laughs> the last yeah, I mean. <laughs> Totoro like characters have appeared in things like South Park, The Powerpuff Girls, and Bob's Burgers. He also made a cameo as one of the toys in Toy Story 3. That is yeah. so cool. Yeah. It's really Such neat. a simple nod, but so great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To illustrate just how influential these films and Miyazaki are, John Lasseter had this to say in 2002. The very first screening of Spirited Away outside of Japan was at the Pixar Animation Studios, and I was stunned at how amazing this film was. North America hasn't had a chance to discover Miyazaki's films. In the animated community, he's a hero, like he is to me. Yeah. So there were a few times over the years where Hayao Miyazaki has mentioned that he might retire. <laughs> it's, it, it's, happened, it, it's happened more than once. <laughs> there were many times when Hayao Miyazaki had wanted to retire and said that he would. When, he, when interviewed by Roger Ebert about his wish to retire in 1999, he said, I wanted to retire, but life isn't that easy. I wanted to make a movie especially for the daughters of my friends. I opened all the drawers in my head, and they were all empty. So I realized I had to make a movie just for 10-year-olds, and Spirited Away is my answer. Wow. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. What a wonderful little visual. He looked through all the drawers in his head. Oh, how sweet. I love that. That's nice. Dump everything that isn't about fine dining. (laughs) Everything. (laughs) It's probably a lot more relaxed in his head. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine, you know, if all of the drawers in her in his head were empty at this point and he came up with spirited away like right <laughs> like what wow. what are what? you going to get when they're full man <laughs> yeah spirited away is not supposed to be bottom of the drawer scraping <laughs> like <laughs> yeah seriously in 2013 hayao miyazaki announced that after 28 magical years he was retiring he had said this multiple times before But this time, he actually did do it. He actually did retire. Since he had been the heart and soul of the company, the studio halted production but did not close. They needed time to recoup and figure out their next steps. In 2014, they released When Marnie Was There, 
This was the last film done by Studio Ghibli. Uh, it's like, why though? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have to? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It remind, he's kind of like the Brett Favre of, of, of animation. Is he going to retire? Is he? When did he? <laughs> and then finally he does. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he actually did yeah. it. In 2015, Yoshiaki Nishimura, Studio Ghibli's former lead film producer, began his own animation company in Tokyo named Studio Ponic. This studio, although having a very similar animation style to Ghibli, branched out and committed to producing and distributing short films. This was different because Ghibli only had short films in their museum. As Nishimura said in an interview, today's animation isn't that different from what was produced 20 years ago. If we don't try out new forms of expression, new approaches to animation, new ways of depicting movement, new themes, then audiences won't enjoy our films. Hmm. He has also expressed his aspiration to have his films be for both children and adults because he feels that kids are often overlooked and neglected within Japanese animation. Their first film is on Netflix currently, Mary and the Witch's Flower. Oh, I didn't realize. Go check it out. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to watch this one for a while. That is pretty dang cool because I think he's right. Not only in Japanese animation, but in general, I think kids are often overlooked. But at the same time, adults, you know, let it happen. Yeah. It's, 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 you could, there are both ends of the spectrum, I guess, right? Where some animation, like a Princess Mononoke, might be a little bit higher up, right? Not necessarily for kids. <laughs> But at the same time, maybe something like Totoro is a little bit too on the kid side. But, I mean, you could argue either way because Totoro still has some, some adult themes in it. Right. But, mm-hmm. but I'm, glad, yeah. I'm glad they have a mission to, you know, not neglect anyone in their work. Yeah. I think adults kind of jumped to pigeonholing animation for as something for kids yeah so you know so quickly everyone just kind of okay this is for children television cartoons have really helped a lot with that mm-hmm. you know there are all obviously mm-hmm. very very adult cartoons on tv mm-hmm. and then there are ones that are specifically for kids and then there are ones that adults can watch with their kids and the adults actually find them very funny and interesting yeah so, yeah, yeah, like Rugrats, for example. I think yeah. Rugrats is one of the most entertaining cartoons yeah. for adults that kids can watch. Mm-hmm. After four years, in 2017, Hayao Miyazaki announced his return. <gasps> what? He's back! <laughs> Since then, it has been reported that there will be two new movies and one in which Miyazaki is directing. It was set to be released this year, but we don't know if that will happen yeah. now. Uh-uh. <laughs> and called How Do You Live? He knew it would take about three to four years to make and has talked about it as his last film. The name is taken from a 1937 book of the same name by Yoshino Genzaburo. Although it takes the same name, it is said that the movie will not be translating the book to movie, but instead will have the book be prominent within the main character's life. Since it will be his last movie, he has expressed that it is a goodbye gift to his grandson, as he himself is preparing for death at the young age of 79. Because, <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, man. 79 uh, is young. 
Yeah, I like, mean for Yeah. What a yeah. what a gift though. I mean what yeah, a gift. Oh my gosh. I yeah, think that's, that's awesome. That's amazing. And and actually I really like this take they're doing where they're not translating the book to movie, but mm-hmm. that's so having it be part of the movie, like yeah. in that universe. Yeah. That's really interesting. That is really interesting and I love it. Yeah. I love that idea. Do we really think that this is his last film? Do we really believe that? <sighs> you know, know, if he was just saying I'm retiring again, then maybe I wouldn't believe him quite as much. But mm-hmm. this saying it's his last film for that reason, <laughs> I'm like, maybe he's serious You're about it. Bad, I, yeah. yeah, unless yeah. he found another person he wants to make a movie for. Oh, that's know. true. If Take he has another out. grandchild or something like that. Yeah. Or maybe just inspiration will strike. So while Miyazaki was a powerhouse on outputting films, his partner, Aiseo Takahata, took a slower approach that yielded movies such as Grave of the Fireflies, Only Yesterday, and Palm Poco. His first film was Studio Ghibli, Grave of the Fireflies. He drew from a personal experience as he told the story of a young teenage boy and his sister who are homeless and fleeing from the bombings of World War II on their small Japanese neighborhood. When Roger Ebert wrote about Graves of the Fireflies, he said, This film proves, if it needed proving, that animation produces emotional effects not by reproducing reality, but by heightening and simplifying it, so that many sequences are about ideas, not experiences. Oh, Oh, what a wonderful way to... Describe animation. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So... He always has such a good way. With oh, words. Roger yeah. Ebert was so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's but... amazing. But boy, that movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you gotta watch with like the tissues and. Oh yeah, lights right. on, people around. Mm-hmm. Breaks. Yeah, breaks. Sure oh, something. for sure. <laughs> So sadly, in April of 2018, he passed away at the age of 82. Mm. Mm. Yep. But he made some great movies within Studio Ghibli. Some so great we're ones, thankful yeah. for him. So although the all of these movies are amazing, if you have children, you may want to look at some of the suggested age groups for each movie. <laughs> and we'll provide a website to go to that had some really good suggestions right. as to age groups for each movie. Yeah. You know, you never know what's going to traumatize your kid. I mean, you could be the greatest <laughs> parent of all time and have no idea. And then one day, you know, you show them something that you think is totally fine. fine. <laughs> and then they can't sleep at night. Yeah. 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 And then you have to deal with that. Right. All right, so we're going to talk about just a few of these movies. We cannot talk about all of them. There's 22. That's a lot of movies. And (laughs) in the future, we probably will do some sort of top 10 list or top 10 favorites of the Hayao Miyazaki's. Look out for that at some point. Probably not, you know, really soon, but maybe this year. The first movie we're going to talk about is My Neighbor Totoro. In My Neighbor Totoro, we have two young girls, Satsuki and her younger sister, May. They settle into an old country house with their father and wait for their mother to recover from an illness in the local hospital. As the sisters sisters explore their new home, 
they come across and make friends with many playful spirits in the nearby forest, most notably the massive cuddly creature, Totoro. And Totoro, <laughs> yeah, Totoro is the name of his species. Mm. So I think they, in, in the English version, they call him King Totoro. Uh-huh. Uh, he's O Totoro, I think is what he's known as, his ah. Big Totoro, yeah. I see. Yeah, because so, that's why there's more than one of them. They're, they all right. look kind of the same. That's true, that's true. The little white puff ones are so cute. Oh, I know. Oh, oh God. Yes. I just Gosh. give me a pile of them. <laughs> the the little the little dust sprites in this oh, yeah. are the yeah. cutest thing ever. So cute. I oh my gosh. Yeah. I'd rather have those than regular dust. <laughs> oh gosh, if At least could you they get rid so of themselves. Nice. <laughs> that would be awesome. You just turn on the light and all your dust disappears. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. The film's title character became a trademark for Studio Ghibli, and the film was regarded as one of the most loved as one of the most loved children's films of all time. No surprises there. It's just yeah. such a great one. This is the first Studio Ghibli movie I ever saw. And nice. uh, yeah, and I think it was because so when I was a kid, I didn't really watch these. Mm-hmm. I saw the trailers for them and stuff, but we just didn't have them at my parents' mm-hmm. house. Most of what we watched was taped off TV. And as you can guess, you know, <laughs> if this wasn't very if this wasn't even very popular in Japan, it wasn't <laughs> showing on American television <laughs> when right. we were growing up. So I I didn't I didn't see these until I was much older. So and this was the first one that I watched. Miyazaki's mother suffered from a spi- from spinal tuberculosis when he was a child and spent a lot of time in the hospital. This film is said to be semi-autobiographical in that sense, though it is though it never reveals the mother's condition. Mm-hmm. He allegedly said that the film would have been too difficult for him to make if the protagonists had been boys like him and his brother. Aww. Oh, interesting. Too close to his life. <laughs> too yeah. close to home. You know, so, and I get it, man. Like, I watched this and it made me. Whew, oh, yeah. Because I had totally forgotten. I'd forgotten about that plot in the movie. <laughs> we watched it for this. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> we'll just go watch this movie with the <clears throat> cuddly creature and the magic. Mm-hmm, It'll be fun. Yeah. It's so great. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Oh, it got me. Yep. <laughs> no crazy emotions in that. Oh, whoops. Yeah. Never mind. The name Totoro is very similar to the Japanese word for troll. In the original version, May mispronounces the word to Totoro, and that's where the name comes from. Uh-huh. And like I said before, Totoro is the name of the species, and the big gray Totoro is called O Totoro, the middle is Chu Totoro, and the tiny one is Chibi Totoro. Yay. <laughs> Love the Chibi <laughs> ones. They're so cute. <laughs> you just want one of your own. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I want one so bad. They're so think, freaking cute. Do you think plushies exist of the little ones? Because you, okay. oh. you can get the big ones in any size you want. Like, you could get beanbag-sized ones of mm-hmm. big Totoro, but I want a little one. I want a tiny one. All right. So, Totoro... The estimated budget was $3.7 million, and the U.S. gross was almost $2.3 million. Wow. The cum- cumulative worldwide, yeah, was about $30.5 million. The film actually didn't break even until Totoro dolls were sold. Oh, wow. So, yeah, when it first came out, it was not a financial success, and initially it was thought to be a pretty big risk. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I guess when they showed it in theaters, they showed it as a double feature with Grave of the Fireflies. Oh, really? Oh, to, my yeah. goodness. <laughs> to, to kind of like have something else. Yeah, with it. So, which wow. is interesting. Yeah, w- those two movies together. Yeah, let's pick like one of the happiest ones overall and one of yeah. the not- one of the most awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness me. The next one we're going to talk about here, one that we all just watched recently, Kiki's mm-hmm. Delivery Service. Mm-hmm. Oh, yay. Hooray. Kiki is a young witch who must spend a year on her own as she develops her powers. Setting out at the tender age of 13, for goodness sake, she finds a small town in need of a resident witch. She sets up shop with her sarcastic cat, Gigi, and operates a delivery service out of a bakery. Yeah. Such a simple little Perfect. thing. It's wonderful. Yeah. I really, really enjoy this movie. Yeah, I love me too. this one. Mm-hmm. This one's so fun. The cat is so sassy. <laughs> it's like what you think every cat, their voice yeah. must it's, be like this. Yes. <laughs> it's you watch it and you're like, oh, that is every cat. That is, did they, did they have, do they somehow speak to yeah, a cat? I was about to say, they... they must have consulted with a cat. It's <laughs> so true. Yeah, that's great. It, he's, he's wonderful. The city, Koriko, in which the film takes place, was based on several European cities like Stockholm, Lisbon, and Paris. There's also some elements of San Francisco tossed in there as well, <laughs> which is which is the really cool hodgepodge town that just feels real but with no like distinctive real life landmarks right like, yeah they didn't just throw in the eiffel tower and we're like oh it's <laughs> paris for sure right it it reminds me of big hero six when oh yeah they live in san francisco i think is the name oh, of it yeah. isn't that what uh-huh. it is or yeah yep. it's a combination of san francisco and tokyo, tokyo yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i love it it's it's such a simple thing to do just to give it its own world but you can still take inspiration from other places it's awesome mm-hmm. Kuriko also exists in an alternate 1950s Europe in which World War One and World War Two didn't happen mm. which I kind of got the idea of that watching you know it's yeah. not it's not explicitly said but with all of the I guess technology that you would imagine is from World War One and Two kind of doesn't exist in the same way, you know. Yeah. For example, the airplanes are outrageous, but they're just <laughs> carrying people. You know, there's mm-hmm. nothing to they. They don't even look military. It, right. And it, mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's it's really it's really cool and interesting actually. And that that kind of goes back to Miyazaki's obsession with airplanes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There are actually two dubs of this film, and the first non-Disney dubbing was considered to be more accurate translation of the original film. The Disney dub was done almost 10 years later with Phil Hartman as the voice of Gigi. Unfortunately, Hartman died before the dubbed version was released, and it is dedicated to him in his honor. Yeah. Yeah, one thing that we noticed when we watched this was that near the end of the movie... Gigi, the version that we watched, Gigi doesn't speak again. After Gigi, she loses the ability to listen to hear Gigi, and then at the end of the movie, Gigi's yeah. just there, and there's no. Yeah, yeah. And he just we all, we all kind of were. 
uh, mm, does I mean, she? She's did, gotta get it back. She gets right? that back, right? And yeah, we found. And then there's another dubbed version where yes, JG comes running like, "Hey, Kiki, can you hear me?" You know, and it's like, "Okay, all right, that makes <laughs> yeah. me feel better." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we we were all pretty worried about it. Yeah, but yeah, it, yeah. It's implied that she's losing her witch powers. Mm-hmm. And being able to hear Gigi speak is one of them. So yeah, mm-hmm. yes. When she then, you know, spoilers, I guess. When then she then <laughs> get, gets them back, mm-hmm. and is able to fly in her broomstick again. Yeah, we. It's you know, it's implied that she'd be able to get, she'd be able to hear Gigi again. And right. <laughs> when yeah. we didn't talk, we're like, oh no. So yeah, I was I was watching it and I thought, is this animated film about burnout? This is exactly oh, what it yeah. felt like to me. Yeah, I remember what, when we were watching, she just said, you know, the the boy in the movie who was like, wow, you can fly? That's so cool. And she's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I used to love flying when I didn't do it for a living. Mm-hmm. And I remember you. I remember your reaction to that, Robin, was, <laughs> like, <laughs> was like, oh. That's, it reminds me of that there's this play called A Piano Lesson. One of the characters plays the piano and he says, Learning to play, being able to play the piano is great, but once you've learned how to play it, you carry a piano on your back everywhere you go. Oh, mm. uh, this movie it was made for made uh, one million over one million dollars uh, in the U.S. and cumulative worldwide gross was over ten million dollars. So, nice. as far as uh, the uh, following this movie has now. It's up there, you know. You've got a lot of Kiki's Delivery Service merchandise, just like Totoro. You see Gigi on stuff. This is such a fun movie, you know. I don't know. Just the whole concept's fun. She lives yeah. in this witch world, and she, yeah. <laughs> you know, she ventures off at 13. Like, With just, um, like, a yeah. radio and her cat. Yeah, and, and everything's fine. Like, everything's okay. And her parents don't, like, they're like, well, we don't want you to leave yet, but, but I guess you have ready, to because you're a you witch go. and you're 13, and that's just how it works. And <laughs> yeah. You decide it, instead of us. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. A, what, what a fun movie this is. And the entire world is just fine with it, right? Yeah. She, mm-hmm. she flies in on a broomstick, and they're like, meh, that's there's oh a, hey know. yeah this town doesn't have a resident witch yes you, <laughs> you should set up shop here <laughs> the next movie we're talking about is princess mononoke in this movie the harmony between the humans and animal gods is crumbling the young protagonist uh, ashitaka has been injured and infected by an animal attack he then begins a journey with his elk Yakul to find Shishigami, the deer-like creature that controls life and death. Along the way, he comes across humans that are damaging the forest, which brings the wrath of Moro, the wolf god, and her human daughter, Princess Mononoke. I loved this movie. Oh yeah. I I think there was just something I didn't I did not expect. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of what happened in it. I loved the narration in the beginning. It was mm-hmm. such a great mood setter. It set the tone wonderfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just so it's so epic. Like I don't know how it's it's like you're watching Game of Thrones, but animated. <laughs> yeah, it's just got this huge sprawling world and universe and like set of rules, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's just fascinating. Yeah. 
This this movie was wild. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so when a certain convicted felonious film producer, Harvey Weinstein, obtained the rights to the film, he insisted on a cut version. Boo. Miyazaki refused, and Studio Ghibli sent his office a katana sword with the words, no cuts what can That's we talk about how so badass awesome <laughs> this is the most i mean badass thing holy shit i've ever i mean oh my god <laughs> could you imagine <laughs> looking at you, you see this on your desk it says no cut. oh my gosh <sighs> that is so awesome <laughs> so of course the film was released in its entirety <laughs> And when Miyazaki was later asked about it, he reportedly, he, he was just a badass, and he just smiled and said, I defeated him. I defeated him. <laughs> I'm <sighs> such a fan of that. that Seriously, that, that makes me want to buy a katana. <laughs> and, and have no cuts To send messages it. to people. <laughs> it is the most effective <sighs> way to get a message sent. That is, yeah. That might be the most awesome thing I've ever heard. <laughs> that is so, that's such a samurai thing to do. It's so cool. So this film was actually the first animated film to receive the Japan Academy Prize for Picture of the Year. So that's a wow. big deal. Oh, it is. That's Heck a huge yeah. deal. It's a huge deal. Because like we were saying before, before that, they didn't really hold animation in high regard, and then mm-hmm. this came out. They said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got something there. <laughs> Writer Neil Gaiman anglicized the script for the English subtitles and dubs. However, on the DVD, audiences can choose the literally translated version of the original script for subtitles. Yeah. Nice. I, just, I thought it was interesting, just the idea that we can't, we can't just translate it. Yeah, you know, we have to think about references and think about mm-hmm. how audience, different audiences are going to perceive information. And so we kind of have to, you know, that that takes somebody very talented to be able to read one and kind of think, okay, how do I kind of just take this and then regurgitate it in a way mm-hmm. that it stays true to the story? Makes sense. Yeah. Before premiering the English dub at a film festival, Miyazaki was quoted saying, With Princess Mononoke, I intentionally threw out all the rules of entertainment movie making, which is why it will take some time for a true evaluation of this film to emerge. I hope you will enjoy all of the ridiculously long two hours and 13 minutes. (laughs) Oh, boy. For an animated movie, that is very long. That is super long, yeah. Mm. Especially an animated movie in the the 90s. It's still, that's pretty long. Yeah, without without all the computer help. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. I love I love that he broke the rules. So he threw out the rules. Yeah. Because really, this is such a such an interesting movie. I did not expect Mm-mm. the blood. And no. I, you know, we watched it. We watched it last night. We and Marcy just yeah, refresher. Have it fresh in our minds, and and we were watching it. And Marcy said, 
I might have some of these images in my head as I sleep tonight. Oh no! And and that it it's like it's true. Like yeah. there's something I, there's something about animated blood that really bothers me, and mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. You know, I don't. So, yeah, somehow it's more visceral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and I don't know. It's easier to be grossed out by it. I guess. Yeah. The the image just stays there. Mm-hmm. What about the um. The dear God face. Ah, yes. Oh, that that yes. face. It's so weird. And the eyes. And yeah, the... it's a weird face for it's sure. Not, it's not I... as like creepy or bad, but it's like, ooh, a little weird. I really <laughs> enjoyed the the wood sprite kind of creatures, the, yes. the white creatures in the yeah. woods that were the good luck. Their eyes and mouth kind of switch places a lot. Mm-hmm. And... But and they're like weird looking, but also they're super cute. Like they have these cute little cupid butts. Yeah, you know, with these like little <laughs> chubby, chubby little bodies, and you know what I'm yeah. talking about. I thought it was really cute when he's carrying the one gentleman that had been thrown off the the cliff. Yeah, uh, by the wolf, he's carrying the guy, and right next to him, there ends up being one of those little sprites carrying another little sprite that is like looks kind of <laughs> oh, lifeless. Yeah. And it kind of gives him that, like, okay, I can do this. Like, mm-hmm. if this other sprite is carrying a sprite up, I, yeah. I, I can do this. And I'm like, that's so cute. That's like, so yeah, sweet. definitely. So this movie, the U.S. gross was almost $5 million. And the cumulative worldwide gross was about $162 million. Wow. So it's going... They're- at this point, they're starting to get recognition. Their yeah. their movies yeah. are starting to come about. Mm-hmm. It's it's getting better for them. Yeah, this is the late '90s, so it's a little because Neighbor T- Totoro was mid '80s, mm-hmm. and so was Kiki's Delivery Service was like late little like a, a late '80s, I think. Yeah, and so yeah, n- now we're starting to we're starting to get into that mm-hmm. in the late '90s, and so in the early 2000s, they came out with Spirited Away. Yay. And this is a little known movie that no one's ever heard of. (laughs) At all. I mean, we're going to introduce it to you right here. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, sure. Sure. And spirited away, Chihiro and her family are moving to the countryside. On their journey, they find an abandoned amusement park where her parents decide to eat and pay later. Chihiro decides instead to explore and comes across a young boy named Haku who warns that they are in danger and must leave. When she returns to her parents, they have been turned into pigs, and she must work to release her and her family from the magical realm. You know, speaking of like weirdly creepy-ish things, I always found the pigs, like the parents after they turned into pigs a little bit like, oh my gosh. Oh. Because they're still like, they're still like eating food so fast and so much and mm-hmm. i'm just like oh it's a little uncomfortable you know mm-hmm. that's tough and also i want to say because it needs to be said that the food in this movie looks oh. absolutely delicious <laughs> seriously <laughs> yes. i i love animated food <laughs> i mean yeah even a crabby patty looks delicious the movie began without a script it was unscript it was unstructured and an organic way for the process to begin. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. The young Chihiro was inspired by Miyazaki's friend's 10-year-old daughter. Every summer, 
Miyazaki would take the summer off for a sabbatical. And one summer, while on one of his many retirement stages, he (laughs) took inspiration from the young, apathetic girl and began on a film that would once again bring him back to the studio. After reading young women's magazines to get a better understanding of his target demographic, he was saddened by the fact that these manga magazines focused too heavily on love and romance. Yeah. Interesting. He's like, that's not what young girls need. Nah. Like, yeah, or no. maybe they give a shit about other things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Some, And that's the thing. Like, some girls love that and that mm-hmm. they should read about that. And that's for oh, yeah. them and that's cool. It's just yeah. that no, girl, no two girls are the same. So, yeah. you know, it's nice that somebody read that and said, hey, you know. <laughs> There's a whole somebody untapped market. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. The faceless spirit within the film borrows the design of a silkworm both in looks and actions. Oh, Makes really? Yeah. Ah. Each character has meaning behind their name. Chihiro means a thousand searches. Yubaba, bathhouse witch. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's I mean, a little more literal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bo, baby, or little boy. The cleansing of the earth spirit was based on real events. Miyazaki remembers cleaning a river near where he lives, where there was a bicycle with its wheel out of the water. He thought it would be easy to pull out, but the mud had caked on it for years. Oh, wow. I, that's really cool. Yeah. That, yeah. that scene is so memorable because it's such a big event for everyone in the bathhouse. Oh, right? yeah. They, like, didn't want to even let him in. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> I loved but, that. That was so... It was a satisfying scene for me. It was so satisfying yeah. for him to get clean, and I don't know. There's mm-hmm. something about it. After winning the 2003 Best Animated Film Oscar, Miyazaki did not attend the award ceremony. He could not bring himself to visit a country that was bombing Iraq. Wow, really? And at the time, they didn't tell anybody why. It wasn't until 2009 that he revealed that that is why he did not attend. Wow. Wow. The estimated budget of the movie was $19 million. The U.S. gross was almost $14 million. Wow. But that's U.S. alone. Yeah. Cumulative worldwide was almost $348 million. Oh, boy. It was the first film to gross $200 million before being released in the U.S. It is Studio Ghibli's biggest success. Yeah. That is awesome, but also not surprising. And actually, this was my first Studio Ghibli movie because ah. after it had won the Oscar, uh, my grandmother bought it just because she liked animation. And was like, this, this one... For best animated picture, look at all the accolades Aww. on the cover. And, oh, how uh, sweet! And we watched it, and oh my gosh, you know, the <laughs> what rest a great is grandma! Yeah. That's amazing. Lucky there, it wasn't uh, a, uh, a a Princess Mononoke <laughs> kind of movie. Yes, oh, yeah. right, right. Lucky, it worked lucky. out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the last movie we're going to talk about here before we wrap up is Howl's Moving Castle. Mm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Another favorite amongst the fans, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A young girl named Sophie is cursed by the Witch of the Waste and is turned into an old woman. How unfortunate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
Under the curse, she sets out to seek her fortune, which brings her to this strange moving castle and a magician named Howl. There, Sophie befriends Calcifer, the fire creature who powers the castle and is bound there by a contract with Howl. Her only chance to break the curse lies there within the castle and the self-indulgent magician and his companions. Yeah, self-indulgent indeed. (laughs) I would say. Yeah. He gets red hair halfway through the movie and he's like, I'm hideous! (laughs) I was like, okay. I couldn't believe that. Excuse me? Just because of color? (laughs) Yep. But uh, Howl's Moving Castle is based upon a novel written by Diana Jones in 1986 by the same name. Diana Jones had no input in the film, though she did meet with representatives from Studio Ghibli. She was quoted during production saying, It's fantastic. No, I, I have no input. I write books, not films. Yes, it will be different from the book. In fact, it's likely to be very different. But that's, how, that's as it should be. It will be. It will still be a fantastic film. Oh, how nice! And she Aww. was right. Oh my gosh, what a great way to look at it. Yeah, you know, because yeah. like, as we've talked about before, books and movies are just different mediums. Mm-hmm. They're just not going to be the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder how similar it ended up being, though. No, I want to read it now. Yeah, yeah. me too. Howl's Moving Castle was originally directed by Memoru Hosoda. He was invited by Studio Ghibli to make the movie, but was dropped midway. Hayao Miyazaki took over and completed it, so you could say that the movie was actually done by both of them. But it's kind of like how uh, Miyazaki threw out the old script of of early movies, right? And just rewrote Mm -hmm. it. It's kind of, it may end up being a similar thing here where he's like, you know what? I got this, but you know, I guess he still gets a little bit of credit there. In order to express the fact that Hal's castle was made of paper mache, Miyazaki decided to reduce the noise the castle makes when it moves. If you don't believe me, watch it again, because you'd think a big mechanical stompy castle like that would be very loud and mechanical sounding, but it really isn't. Yeah. Oh, so oh my it, gosh, paper kind mache. Of, yeah, yeah, drives dang. home that very strange thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who, who would have decided that? And actually, <laughs> w- when doing the research, the cover of the novel shows the castle made of stone. So, oh. so that, that, at the very least, is one of the changes they made. In the Japanese version of the film, Sophie's 18-year-old self and 90-year-old self have the same voice actor. Miyazaki insisted that the actress Chaiko Baisho did both roles because in the movie, although her age changes, her thoughts do not. Oh, Kind of an interesting thing there. The personality, it's the same person. Yeah. They didn't, you know, they didn't change mentally, so he wanted to have that voice be the same. This movie I haven't seen in a little bit, but I do I do really like this one too. It it kind of goes into a little bit of a romance thing too, and right. Mm-hmm. We've got a nice Christian Bale kind of voice, and Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he immediately said yes to this role after seeing Spirited Away. 
Oh, that's which is amazing. which that's is pretty awesome. dope. He's like, oh, ri- oh, another one of those movies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he did Batman about the same time, so you get his Batman oh, right. kind of voice, especially when he's in the the cave type mm-hmm. kind of looking. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the uh, budget for this movie was roughly twenty-two million. In the U.S., it grossed five point five million, and the cumulative worldwide worldwide gross was two hundred thirty-six million. So it was one of the more expensive ones. Yeah, one of the more expensive ones to make. But by then, they had already created a great reputation, so they still ended up making plenty of money. Right. Yeah. I really like this one too. The mm-hmm. ending's a little strange, but the rest of it I liked. <laughs> yeah. I, I I did think that you know what I'm you know what I'm saying. Oh, I I know exactly. Yeah, I love Turnip Head. Yes. Love. Oh Turnip. yeah. And I the I the idea that the castle has these magical doors and can be mm-hmm. these different storefronts, and I I love that too. And yeah, there's so yeah. many really cool details in this. That are really interesting. This uh, just the end when Turnip Head turns into a prince and oh hey I'm a prince and you're my one true love because you broke my spell. Oh yep. but you love Hal. Okay, well I guess I'm just gonna go home then. Bye. Like, <laughs> kind of the end. Like of the- maybe you'll change your mind. <laughs> maybe you'll have two later. options. <laughs> yeah, I'll be around. <laughs> yes, I love when she goes into Hal's childhood. Such an yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. There's, I just, I love it. There's a lot in this. I think you need to watch it a couple different times just to really get it all. But oh yeah, yeah. I think that with all of these movies, I think if you're gonna watch them, you should watch them more than once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So especially if you haven't seen them, mm-hmm. right? So you will go in with no expectations the first time, experience it, and then mm-hmm. the second time you can kind of go in with more expectations and be able to understand it a little more. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. All right. So I think that's going to pretty much wrap up our animation April. Yay! Yay! We made it, guys. I had such fun. How about you guys? Yeah, it It was was fun. Awesome. We we made some stop motion stuff. We we just... (laughs) Really got hands on on this. We one. did. We really got into animation, <laughs> and I and I feel like there's just so much more I want to say about animation. So oh yeah. We. I mean, this is just one series. We are gonna do so many more animation episodes. <laughs> oh yeah. In the future. Yeah. You kidding this is, me? <laughs> oh yeah. This is not. This is, this not, is not the it. end. Yeah. We. It's just that we wanted to really focus on the history of animation and kind of its evolution and specific studios this month. Right, yeah. We're, we're hoping to to bring a new respect or a new appreciation for animation with these episodes because a lot of passion and hard work go into all of it yeah, from mm-hmm. some really amazing, talented people. So yeah. it's important to recognize that Yes. and appreciate and- it. <laughs> And just to rem- a reminder for everybody, animation, there is animation for everyone. Yes. I really believe that. Absolutely. Even if you just love one animated movie. You know, I mean, there's, there is, yeah. they have them all shapes, sizes, genres. Like, there is mm-hmm. a lot that y- you'll find one if yes. you look. So just just look. They're not you'll just for it. kids. They're not just for weirdos like us. They're, they're for, you know, everybody. So, oh yeah, yeah. 
So I think this is another case closed. Oof, I don't know about that one, but we'll go <laughs> it's with okay. it. It's okay. That's okay. Yeah, it's okay. We're kind of out of whack, but we'll get back. We'll get there. We're out of whack, but we'll right. get back. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> There's nothing you can There's say to that. There's nothing that I can yeah. say to that. <laughs> All right, but if you guys want to find us, we have a website at Black Kate, or sorry, we have a website, blackcasediaries.com. You can find our Patreon there. We have a Twitter at Black Case Diary. We have Instagram at Black Case Diaries Podcast. We have a lovely Redbubble store, which Adam can tell you where to find. Yes. There are a couple links you can go to. Find it on the website. But the the direct link is blackcasediary.redbubble.com. Awesome. So check us out. Maybe, you know, if you want to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to us, we would really appreciate it. We have yes. 39 ratings on iTunes. Yeah, please oh, get one more and we'll be at 40. Get so we see one 40. more. Come on. And if you want to if you want to tell a friend, we'd love you for it. Just Absolutely. get get the word out there about yeah, us. We'd appreciate it. We would also like to thank our patrons. Thank you so yeah. much for supporting us, especially during this time. Right now, it's kind yes. of hard for everybody, so Seriously. we'd like to thank them. John, Anthony, Jacob, Shelly, Joel. Thank you, and bye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.